Today's scripture reading comes from the book of Daniel, chapter 2, verses 12 through 23, and we're reading from the message translation. That set the king off. He lost his temper and ordered the whole company of Babylonian wise men killed. When the death warrant was issued, Daniel and his companions were included. They were also marked for execution. When Arach, chief of the royal guards, was making arrangements for the execution, Daniel wisely took him aside and quietly asked what was going on. Why this all of a sudden? After Arach pulled in, filled in the background, Daniel went to the king and asked for a little time so that he could interpret the dream. Daniel went home and told his companions, Hananiah, Mishael, Azariah, what was going on. He asked them to pray to God of heaven for mercy in solving this mystery so that the four of them wouldn't be killed along with the whole company of Babylonian wise men. That night, the answer to the mystery was given to Daniel in a vision. Daniel blessed the God of heaven, saying, Blessed be the name of God forever and ever. He does all, knows all. He changes the seasons and guides history. He raises up kings and also brings them down. He provides both intelligence and discernment. He opens up the depths, tells secrets, sees in the dark. Light spills out of him. God of all my ancestors, all thanks, all praise. You made me wise and strong, and now you've shown us what we asked for. You've solved the king's mystery. Here ends the wording, the reading for today. Thank you, Alona. We continue in our study of the book of Daniel. We're calling this the more things change, the more things stay the same, because we went into 2021, and the book of Daniel was just laid on my heart as something that we should look at. And it was when I gave my life to Christ as a college student, the second book that I read. The first one I read was the book of Ruth. The second thing I turned to was the book of Daniel. And it's always been a special thing for me because it always reminds me that when there's things in our world that we don't understand or things that transform or things that happen, God is always sovereign and God is always in control and things will come and things will go and seasons will come and seasons will go. Pandemics will even come and go, but God is still in control. The background of our text is that in Daniel chapter 1, Daniel and his friends were in trouble and God rescued them. They were in trouble. They asked, could they eat their own food and not the food that was prepared by the Babylonians. They were granted that. 
And the Babylonian king discovered, King Nebuchadnezzar, discovered that they were stronger and wiser, and by doing the right thing and by living according to their convictions, that they were actually of more service to the Babylonian kingdom and to the Babylonian government. And so now Daniel had learned, and you can just think of what it was like for he and his friends. Wow, we trusted God, and God got us through, so the rest of life is just going to be awesome. We're just going to go from victory to victory, and life is going to get better. And of course, they discovered the opposite. That even though they had just been rescued for something, the truth is, problems still arise. That happened in Daniel's time, and that happens today. It's not only during the Babylonian exile that a problem would come, something would be solved, and a new problem would arise. The same thing is true with our own life. In this situation, now the king had a dream, and he wanted his dream interpreted. The problem was he wasn't going to tell anybody what the dream was. In order for the situation to get better... The people had to know what the dream was. God had to reveal them what the dream was, and they had to be able to interpret it. Kind of a challenging situation, isn't it? Well, I thought about that, and I thought about how life happened for Daniel and how life happens for us, and it's almost like whack-a-mole. Do you remember the old whack-a-mole game that we used to play in the arcades? The mole would come up, you'd hit the mole, and another mole would come up, and much of life is like that. A problem comes, and we seek God for something, and things get better, and we feel good about it, and then something else pops up. And that's exactly what you're going to hear as we work through the book of Daniel. Just as soon as Daniel and his friends find that God delivers him, something else happens, and they need to seek God again. The same thing is true in our own lives. God is blessing us, and it's great that God is blessing us, but even though God is blessing us, there's still something else that comes around the corner. And we don't like to hear that. We'd like to think that, well, you know, we as a nation have dealt with tough things. So now we're in the fall and in the winter, and so everything is behind us. And, of course, this week reminded us that things don't just all of a sudden get better. And you know what? We are not at the end of problems in our lifetime. As long as I'm alive there will be problems in my lifetime. As long as you have breath on this earth, there will be more situations that we will face. We live in a world that the Bible teaches us is fallen. And so there are problems in our world. There are the results of sin in our world. There are the results of injustice in our world. There are the results of hatred in our world and fear in all kinds of things. On a personal level, we experienced the same thing. I remember when my mom and dad were out visiting us and we were living in our last home in Whitensville, Massachusetts. And one day we were sitting at the table and my dad passed out. And I was very concerned about that. We got my dad into the hospital. They got him with a heart specialist and they discovered that he needed to have a pacemaker. Dad got the pacemaker and we're feeling great wow, this is awesome. Like, my dad didn't die. He, he got through the situation. We were there with him. We knew what to do. We got him to the hospital. They got the pacemaker. Life is feeling really good. And now my mom and my dad and myself, we are out at Christmas and we're going shopping. And right after my dad gets his pacemaker, we're now out shopping. And my mom had a stroke in the middle of the store as we were Christmas shopping. And it dawned on me and continues to dawn on me. We have God's blessing, and God comes through to us, 
but then there's something else that still is going to happen. And so it's important to continue to know that it's not this world that's going to be perfect, but God's perfect. It's not this world that's going to have all the problems solved. We certainly work to do our best. And as we saw with Daniel in Daniel chapter 1, God came through and delivered Daniel. But now there's something else that Daniel and his friends need to deal with. So how do we deal with this all? What do we do? Whether it be in our personal life or something in our family, maybe something in our employment, maybe what's on your heart this morning is things that happened in our nation's capital this last week, or maybe it's things around last summer with, with racial injustice or the death of George Floyd or all of the different times in, in which we see that, that sin continues to exist in our world whether it's in our personal life or whether it's in our corporate life, whether it's in our family life, what do we do? Throw up one more Facebook post and get people upset with us and enter into an argument? That doesn't do a whole lot of good. All that does is just keeps throwing fuel on fires that keep going. Get angry and have a hateful discussion with someone where we lose our temper and and we walk away, feel self-justified because we think in our minds that we had the right position Well, what I've learned is I've never seen a person whose heart was changed because somebody else had an argument with them and they won the argument. That never changes anything. It it makes things worse, but it doesn't change things. And so we go back to saying, okay, the more things change, the more things stay the same. What did Daniel do? What did we hear in our text? Daniel was facing something pretty tough. He was facing something worse than just an interpersonal relationship issue in his family. Or he was actually facing something more difficult than just going in for surgery. There's nothing wrong. I mean, that's an important thing if we're going in for surgery. But Daniel was facing the fact that he and his friends and a whole bunch of people were going to be put to death. And the first thing that Daniel does, verse 17, is recognize the need for prayer. He didn't do something, he prayed. He didn't do something, he didn't say something, he prayed. Verse 17, I'm reading out of the ESV. Then Daniel went to his house and made the matter known to Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah and his companions. He recognized that he needed to go and talk to people and say, now's the time for us to pray. The situation that he faced, again, was in verses 14 through 16, and and Alona read that about the whole thing that's arisen, that the king is saying, guess what, folks? It's done. You're going to lose your lives. And Daniel said, well, we need to slow things down. Can I just have some time? And the reason he asked for time is because he wanted prayer. He didn't ask for time so that he could mount a logical defense against the king. He didn't ask for an opportunity to go home and study and come up with the best argument he could so he could march back into the king's court and argue with the king how he should see things differently. He asked for time so he could pray and he could get other people to pray. I'd like to say he used the time to put together a prayer plan. That's part of what I want to ask you this morning. Do you have a prayer plan? When there's things in your life that you don't like, do you have a plan for praying? Not a, you, we have plans for everything else, but do you have a plan for, plan for praying? That should involve when do you pray? Not when do you say do you pray, but when do you actually pray? When do you take time to pray and get other people praying and, and invite others to be praying? Because it's really the question, what do you do when a problem arises? Do you run in, try to fix it? 
you say something and sometimes find that you're making the matters worse? Do you do a social media post and say, I'm really upset about this, and next thing you know, you've got, you know, 900 people who are responding to it, but they're all mad at each other, and you've got all those little angry emojis coming up on your Facebook page. That's not solving problems when we do that. Just infuriate and keep things going. Do you ignore it? That doesn't work either. Sweeping matters under the carpet and just saying there aren't problems here doesn't change anything either. I invite you to become a, a Daniel and put together a prayer, a prayer plan. An opportunity to pray. Say, how am I going to pray? When a serious illness happens, we do that because when a serious illness occurs, the very process allows us to slow things down and have time for prayer. A parishioner goes into the hospital and meets with a doctor, and the doctor gives a prognosis and, and, and says, you're going to have surgery a week from Thursday. That slows the process down from now to the week through Thursday, we get together and we send out prayer requests and we talk to our friends and we talk to our congregation and we get as much prayer as we can because the very process of medical conditions slows things down and gives us the opportunity. The problem is life is a lot of other things don't do that. A lot of other things come to us and we think, I need to respond right now. I need to say something now. I need to fix it right now. That's why last year I told the story of Willie Nelson when I read his biography, I was really touched by the day that his lawyer came to him and said, Willie Nelson, you have a $16 million tax bill. Now, fortunately, Willie Nelson uh, certainly has a lot of issues in his life and has also been a very successful singer and has got a whole lot more talent than I have. But, you know, there are a lot of interesting things about Willie Nelson, but one of them is he's raised in a Methodist home and he's a kid who grew up with faith. And so he says in his biography, you know, I've always had my faith. I've always had my faith in Christ. I've never departed from any of the things that I was taught as a child about God, about Jesus, about grace and forgiveness. And so his lawyer comes to him and says, Willie, you need to declare bankruptcy. You got $16 million and you owe the IRS. They want everything. They even want your guitar, Trigger. The reason they want Trigger is because they think they can sell Trigger for money and they're coming after you for everything. And he said, Willie, what are you going to do? Willie said, I'm going to take some time. See, that's praying. I'm going to take some time. I'm going to play a game of dominoes, and then I'm going to take a nap. His lawyer said, Willie, you're just putting off the inevitable. Nope, Willie said, I'm just trying to keep a positive thought. Folks, when problems arise, when we're like Daniel, we thought yesterday's problems were gone and now something new comes up today, are we willing to do like Daniel and ask for more time or give ourselves some time and put together a prayer plan? Daniel recognized the need to pray. Problems happen when we, as the old saying goes, rush in where angels fear to tread. And we keep getting ourselves involved with situations where we find ourselves upset, we get things worse, we make matters worse, because we constantly want to take matters into our own hand or get all upset about things. And Daniel did something different. They're out for him. And he says, I just need time. I just need time to pray. And then the next thing you did is the same thing that we can do. Recruit your prayer team. 
It's not just, I'm going to say, I'm going to pray about things. But if you've got things that you don't like in this world, who do you talk to and say, let's covenant together to be praying for this? We're about to go through a major transition as a nation. We're in the midst of it right now. There are people upset with many different things that are bothering people in our congregation, people in our community, people in our country. I'm going to ask you a very serious question. Who do you talk to? Not to argue with, not to give your opinion to, but covenant with to pray. Do you have a few people that you can say, let's just agree to pray every single day for our country from now through the end of the month? That'd be awesome. Recruit your prayer team. We have prayer teams here at the church. Do you have a personal prayer team? I guarantee you, if you were facing a major physical illness, you would recruit a prayer team. That should be done all the time in our life. We should have people that we know that we can go to and we can say, I'm troubled with something. Will you pray with me? The Hebrew word that's used for this when it says in verse 18, Daniel told these three guys to seek mercy from the God of heaven concerning this mystery. See, he's recruiting his prayer team. He takes Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. In verse 18, Daniel told them to seek mercy from the God of heaven, considering this mystery. He's asking them to pray for, for him, to pray for the situation. The Hebrew word that's used here is the word bakar, which means to seek. Seek God's mercy. Implore God. Say, God, are you listening to us here? We got a problem here. We're asking you to intervene. Lord, if we're supposed to trust in you, we want to trust in you, but we want to make sure you're listening to us. We're talking to you. God, help us here. Verse 13 of our text says that the king seeks after Daniel and his friends. Now the same word, bakar, that's the word bakar, goes and seeks after them. Now that same word is used of Daniel and his friends. They seek after God. They seek a solution from God. You see, if we could start doing that in our lives and we could start seeking answers from God, we will calm down rhetoric. We will get people praying. God hears and answers our prayers. And the whack-a-mole will get knocked down. No matter what we're facing, God hears and answers our prayers. Recruit your prayer team for one purpose, to seek God. So if you're upset about something, maybe it has nothing to do. Maybe there's something else in your life that you're upset about this morning, and you're like, you know, I get it. There's some problems in my country, but I'm dealing with this in my own life. Who's your prayer team? Not who are the people who are going to listen to you and commiserate with you and, and let you talk about stuff and get yourself more upset about, but simply who are the people that you can go to and you're saying, please pray for me. Please pray with me. Now, I've shared before that I'm not a big movie person, but I do like Christmas movies, so it's not coincidental that I would have a Christmas movie since we just got through the holidays. But I know many of you know the movie It's a Wonderful Life. It's a great movie how Clarence, this childlike angel, comes down and, and helps George Bailey. But what is important is there's a moment where George's wife, the mom to the children, her name is Mary Bailey, 
is interacting with her children because her husband George is just all upset and there's a whole thing of the disappearance of the money and he just is feeling like his life is completely collapsed and he's yelled at the kids and one of the children is in tears and George just storms out of the house and Jeannie says to mom is daddy in trouble? Should I pray for him? Yes, pray very hard, the mom says. Me too, asks Tommy. You too, Tommy. You see what happens? Immediately, everybody starts praying for George Bailey. And that's how the movie begins with all these prayers going to heaven. And, and later in the movie, we find out exactly what's taken place. They've recruited their prayer team. And Mary Bailey has realized that she doesn't have to go chase after her husband. She can't fix the problem. She's got situations she needs to deal with right there with her home. She's got a sick child upstairs. She's got other kids that are upset. But you know what she does? She recruits her prayer team. And you know what? Things get better. The situation gets solved. I get it. It's a Hollywood movie, but you know that's the truth of life. When there are things you're really troubled over, when there are things that you're facing, I have a simple question. Do you have your prayer team? I'm not talking about the church prayer team, your own personal prayer team. People you can call on that will pray for you. They won't fix your problem. They won't even give you advice. They'll just promise to uphold you in prayer. They can completely disagree with you. That's what's amazing about prayer. You can have Democrats and Republicans praying together on the same prayer team, praying for peace for our country. You can have people who voted different. You can have people who see the world different. You can even have people, if you're in your company and you're working and you've got a problem in a company, you can have people who believe there's a different way to solve problems in the company, but we can pray together and we can seek God together. That's what Daniel did, and that's what Christians need to do. Because when all we do is we just keep the rhetoric hot and we just keep posting more and we just keep saying more, we're not making the world a better place. That's why we have the Be the Bridge program here at Faith Community Church. And you've been invited if you'd like to be part of it. We, we do it online, so it doesn't matter. You can, you can be in California, part of our service this morning. It doesn't matter where you are. You can be part of the program. And I'm just finishing up the first, one of the first groups that we're doing, and I participated in it. And one of the things that really has impressed me is there's no simple solution we're talking about reconciliation, and it certainly begins, as Alona said, with racial reconciliation, but it's all kinds of reconciliation, and it's a way in which we solve things and seek God to solve things in our world. And you know what? One of the biggest things I've learned from that program, there is no simple, quick fix. Things take time. I'm fond of saying if you walk in the woods 20 miles, you've got to turn around, and you've got to come out of the woods 20 miles. But restitution can take place. Honesty can take place. True conversations can take place. Seeking God can take place. But it's a process. And that's what Daniel asked for. In verses 14 through 16, Daniel said, give, us, give me time. And now he's using his time not to rush in and to do something, but to slow the situation down and to seek God. I invite you to start practicing that in your life. Ask for things to slow down and seek God. Because so many times something happens and we think we need to respond right now and we think we, think we need to say something right now and we need to let somebody else know what we're thinking and that's just not true. 
we need to recognize the need for prayer. And we need to recruit a prayer team. And then the last thing that I love that Daniel does is return praise to God. He returns praise to God. Again, he doesn't solve the situation. He praises God. Verse 19. Mysteries revealed to Daniel in a vision that night. And Daniel blessed the God of heaven. Do you do that? Do you praise God? I I often use the expression, what's great about this? Meaning, what good thing can God do in this situation? Even when we face health issues, a lot of times I will say to somebody, you know, before you got your prognosis and after you got the prognosis, the only thing that changes now you have information And actually, you may feel you're in a worse place now, but you're in a better place now than you were before. Because you had whatever you had before the doctor spoke to you, but now that you have heard what's wrong, now you have the opportunity to have it treated. Now you have the opportunity to pray about it. Now you have the opportunity to make changes. See, we keep getting this idea that we need to have everything go the way we want, That's not what Daniel does. At that point, he doesn't know that he's going to live. He doesn't know that the king is going to renege on the the order that he made that says, I'm going to go out and just wipe out people in my kingdom. But what does he do? He he praises God. He returns praise to God. He says, I praise you, God. God, you're in control. You've revealed something to me. We can do that every single day of our life. God, I praise you no matter what happens, no matter what circumstances I find myself in. But Pastor Stan, there are so many problems. You're right, there are. Recognize the need for prayer. Recruit your prayer team. And return praise for God. Settle things down. Because when we do that, we start realizing that God will come through for us. I don't know what everybody who's watching this morning is facing. I don't know what the things that are troubling you are, but God does. You may be completely dismayed and disheartened over circumstances in our nation, and you may be dealing with something in your family. You may have a problem at work. You may have lost a job. You may have things that are going along pretty well in your life, and you're like, wow, I feel like I'm kind of at the end of Daniel chapter 1. God just came through for me. But the truth is, we live in a fallen world, and we will always have things that come up. Let's get our eyes on Jesus. Let's get our focus back on trusting in the God of this universe who got Daniel through, who comes through time and time again. Because we can't count on everything else and everybody else because this world is, is fallen. But we can always count on God, no matter what. And so this morning... I invite you to consider with me that it's time to pray. But that's not just a challenge for 2021 and the day that we're in today. That's true for every single day of our life. And so let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your faithfulness. We thank you that we can trust in you. We thank you that you are sovereign and you are God even when we see things around us that are wrong and don't make sense. Help us to go to those places Maybe it is our Be the Bridge program where we can learn to 
slow things down and learn about reconciliation and learn about the process of how to kindly talk about things and be bridge builders in this world and recognize that as bridge builders that means that we will be dealing with people who have differing opinions from us and see the world differently than we do and we can work to build bridges. Most of all, Heavenly Father, help us put our trust firmly in you and not in anything else because other things and other people and other places are going to let us down. And every time that we think that we have it all solved, something else comes along. But we know that nothing takes you by surprise. And so today, we trust in you. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.